Good afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are here with me today. We've got a wonderful show in store for you today with a great in-studio guest. I'm really looking forward to this. Um, But first, let's get started with our quotes of the day from Mike Dooley and the Universe and from Abraham. Let's see what the Universe and Abraham has in store for us today. First, from the universe. The time has come. The stage is set. Nothing else has to happen. Immortality is assured. Your thoughts are like laser beams. Your feelings are like kryptonite. Neither time nor space nor that which they contain will ever be the same. Your friends are in awe. Your foes are backing off. You've become untouchable. You cannot fail the universe. (laughs) We love our quotes from Mike Dooley in the universe, kind of chiding us on and reminding us uh, in his own way that, you know, we really can't get it wrong. I mean, not that we don't make mistakes, but that ultimately, you know, what we're striving for, what we're looking to do, you know, we're going to make it one way or another. And, it's when you have that attitude that we are untouchable, that, um, you know, everything is set up, that the universe is working for us, not against us, that that's when we actually do our best work, that when we have this feeling that, you know, um, uh, there's a wonderful book called Pronoia about, you know, how the universe is actually conspiring uh, to help us that uh, that then we can achieve that much more. Because if we live in that place of everyone's out to get me, uh, everything's wrong. Oh, my God, I have to fight against all this stuff. Then we spend all our energy and all our time protecting ourselves and fighting instead of truly being leaders and and going out and and doing our best work and creating something of value and leading people. So nice, uh, encouraging quote from the universe for us to take with us for this coming uh, weekend and week. Let's see what Abraham has in store for us today. We are all vibrational beings. You're like a receiving mechanism that when you set your tuner to the station, you're going to hear what's playing. Whatever you are focused upon is the way you set your tuner, and when you focus there for as little as 17 seconds, you activate that vibration within you. Once you activate a vibration within you, law of attraction begins to begins responding to that vibration and you're off and running, whether it's something wanted or unwanted. Abraham. So this is uh, one of the older quotes from Abraham, and I think it's really um, uh, reminding us of the importance of our focus. And that when we f- focus on anything, it, it doesn't matter whether it's, it's, it's something pleasing to us or not pleasing to us, something that makes us feel better or doesn't make us feel better, something that moves us forward in whatever we're working on or it causes more resistance. Whatever we are focusing on, that's the energy that we bring with us. That's the quote-unquote vibration. And that's what we will activate more around us and within ourselves. And for those who feel this is, you know, kind of woo-woo stuff, which it is, but there is actually some scientific basis for this because they've actually done a lot of studies on neuroplasticity and on the brain. And the more we complain, the more we think negative thoughts, the more we go in that direction, the more of that we find, the more that our brain literally shuts off the creative um, network of neurons that we have. We see limited possibilities and then we're sort of stuck and we can't really or we don't really move forward uh, the way we could whereas if we focus on possibilities if we focus on the fact that universe is supporting us all the time if we focus on the things that empower us inspire us and uplift us that then magically the neural network rewires and we start seeing more possibilities we start having a, a, a more enthusiastic attitude towards life we start infecting other people with our energy because we're always infecting other people with 
with our energy. It's just a question of what is our energy like at any time. You know, pe- people have this this kind of idea that they have to learn about the law of attraction. You don't. You're using it. It's active all the time because it's just the way we are. It's just the way things work. There is an energy to everybody, and and I don't care whether you believe in any of this stuff or not. If you walk into a room, and there's a group of people there, and before you walked in the room, someone just told a really funny joke, and people are laughing, you can feel the energy of the room. It's joyful. It's happy. You can feel it in your body. But if just before you walked into the room, there were a couple of people, and they were fighting, and there was an argument going on, and all of a sudden, the room is very hushed, and you walk in the room... And you don't know that there was a fight, but you can feel the tension in the air, right? That's the energy that we give off, and we're always doing it. And when we're more mindful of our energy, when we're more aware and conscious of what kind of of feeling we're giving off to other people, then we're better able to show up in an empowering, thoughtful, conscious Um, active, empowered way. And that is what helps us to accomplish the things that we want to accomplish. That is what helps us to be the leaders we want to be. That is what helps us to create the life and the world we want to see, right? I mean, you've all heard that quote for a million times that Gandhi said, be the change you want to see in the world. So if you if you want to change things, if you want to see things be better and in whatever facet for you that that means, it starts with us. It starts with how we're showing up every day and in our relationships in to our family, to, in our businesses, in our jobs, in our coworkers, with our clients, with our vendors. How are we treating them? How are we responding to them? You know, what, what level of mindfulness are we really bringing to our words, our thoughts, and our actions? So as Abraham says, it takes as little as 17 seconds to when you start feeling something to to start sort of that cascade of going off in that direction. So, you know, you start feeling good for 17 seconds. That can carry you through for quite a long time. That's where your focus starts to go on all the good things that could happen. You start, you know, somebody complains to you and you start saying, oh, yeah, I can't believe that person said that. And you start getting into that that sort of complaining, negativity kind of stuff for 17 seconds. Boop, that's going to carry you along. And and in fact, I've, I've, I understand there are studies that they've done, and I say this to my clients all the time, what we think about for the first 20 minutes of every day kind of sets the emotional tone for the day. And what we think about for the last 20 minutes before we go to bed at night, that actually sets the emotional tone for our sleep at night. So if we, and I always like to say, you want to have positive bookends. That's why I always say like, you know, do a gratitude practice in the morning when you very first wake up before you get out of bed. And then when you go to bed at night, just before you go to sleep, do a victory log of all the great things that either happened to you or that you accomplished that day. So that then when you go to sleep at night, you start feeling good about all the things you did you feel better as you sleep you wake up in the morning and you know you just have one of those days like you know you ever hear the expression you wake up on the wrong side of the bed so if you want to wake up on the right side of the bed every day do a victory log before you go to bed at night you wake up in the morning and you just feel good and then it makes it that much easier focus on what you're grateful for and then you'll have a much better day now this is does not mean like your days are going to be easy and smooth and nothing's going to go wrong but it means you'll be in a better state to meet those situations to meet those conditions and to be able to show up in a way that actually you're better able to deal with whatever challenges you might be dealing with that day so Two wonderful, wonderful quotes from the universe and from Abraham. I hope you enjoy them. We'll have two more quotes next week for you. And now it is my extreme pleasure to introduce to you my guest, the lovely, oops, if I can get my, and for those of you listening, we we are live on the Facebook live stream today, my lovely 
guest, executive leadership coach, Lolly Daskal. Lolly is the founder and CEO of Lead From Within, her proprietary leadership program for leaders who want to enhance performance and make a meaningful difference in their companies, their lives, and the world. Based on a mix of modern philosophy, science, and nearly 30 years of coaching top executives, Lolly's leadership Leadership's uh, skills produces exceptional results. She was designated as a top 50 leadership and management expert by Inc. 100 Great Leadership Speakers for your next conference and speakers at your next event by Inc. Magazine. Her writing has appeared in HBR, um, Inc.com, Fast Company, Huffington Post, Psychology Today, as well as many other publications. Lolly's insights are the subject of her new book, which we'll be talking about, The Leadership Gap, What Gets Between You and Your Greatness. Welcome to the Conscious Consultant Now, Lolly. What an honor it is to be here. Oh, it's wonderful to have you. And I always love when I can get my guests in studio because I always just feel it makes for just a much better interview. Absolutely. I love doing things face to face. So uh, I'm just curious, how does one become like such a, a, a leader in the executive coaching field? I mean, like when you were a little girl, were you the one like telling all the kids in your school like what they need to do to get better grades and things like that? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. It's yeah. not even in my nature. Really? I Actually, something interesting happened last night. I went to a dinner and there were 20 people Mm -hmm. and everybody was talking about how they should fix things and do things. Uh. And when it was my turn, I said, well, I'm usually a listener, so I'm not here to fix anyone. I'll just listen. And they were like, what? So, yeah, I'm not usually the one advising. And that's actually what has given me the sustainability in my coaching practice. In my new book, I talk about two archetypes. There is the navigator, the Uh. one who empowers people by guiding, Uh but not giving the answers and then the leadership gap is the fixer who's always fixing people and always telling people what to do and those people sometimes they come across as arrogant and we don't even realize it so I learned at a very early age I I think I did this before I even knew I wanted to become a coach I was Mm -hmm. a questioner I was inquisitive I always wanted to know why 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 was very big question of mine i drove my parents insane (laughs) they hated it and even if they answered a question i'd be like no why why Uh and this curiosity brought me to study psychology and study Uh philosophy and it was through that i started in the modality of healing and meditation and groundedness i lived on an ashram for a while oh you did right. so i really you know mantras and meditation and all of that but it was in one of those workshops that actually mm-hmm. an individual came over and said i have a business problem can you help me and i remember thinking why is he asking me i know nothing <laughs> about business right and i didn't say anything it's like if you but then something inside me said if there's an opportunity take it mm-hmm. and so instead of fixing his problems i listened and i asked why uh, why right i started to ask yeah, open ended questions yeah, yeah, yeah. and after 3 hours of him speaking he said i really like the way i feel about it. when you, i talk to you you know it's very empowering and he said i want to hire you as my coach and that was decades ago, and wow. I'm still with him. Really? I still help him in his business. Wow, that's but great. But he started my coaching business where he has recommended me to thousands of people it's oh, over the years. Wonderful. He's like, if you want what I have, you have to hire her. So ah. I took the opportunity, even though I wasn't even ready or thought I was capable of being in the opportunity wow. or excelling. Yeah, yeah. So that's a great lesson in learning to just say yes to what life brings to us, right? Because sometimes it brings us opportunities and we don't have no idea you know, where it's going to lead us. And just saying yes kind of opens us up to these possibilities. Right. Absolutely. But interestingly enough, what I did in that moment was interesting. I didn't have the confidence, but I knew I had the capabilities and the competence of what Mm. I needed to do. That gave me the confidence to show up. And I talk about this in my book, that confidence isn't just saying mantras of confidence in front of a mirror. Like I'm the greatest and I'm the best. 
you have to back it up with skills. And I had skills because I've been certified, as we talked earlier, yeah. on so many modalities that I had enough to bring into a conversation that right. he felt that I was listening and that I understood him. Wonderful, wonderful. Okay, great. I love it. I mean, archetypes, you're speaking my language. I want to talk a little bit more about that difference between the navigator and the fixer. I love that. Um, but we're going to take a quick commercial break. Um, and of course, if anybody during the show wants to ask your own questions, please feel free to call in. Our call-in number is 877-480-4120. We're talking this hour with executive leadership coach Lolly Daskal, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. to connect with. Are you an entrepreneur or intrapreneur looking to build your following? Welcome to our show. Follow, Follow Me Friday, Friday with Joan and Priya. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern on talkradio.nyc. We're, We're your digital, digital connectors. connectors. Woo woo! <laughs> <laughs> Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We're talking this hour with executive leadership coach Lolly Daskal and author of the upcoming book, The Leadership Gap, What Gets Between You and Your Greatness. So Lolly, last segment you talked about the difference between the fixer archetype and the navigator archetype. And I'm just curious, like when we kind of fall into that fixer archetype of having to fix everything instead of really just kind of listening and facilitating, doesn't that take a lot more energy and effort and work and like tire you out? It could, but if it becomes a habit, it doesn't become so strenuous. Uh, but whereas with navigating though, as you say, like kind of just asking the questions, like that's more, uh, um, I don't know how to say it, but it's it's a sort of a less energetic way, but it can be a much more effective way in, in a sense because you're helping the person to find the answers for themselves instead of you trying to figure everything out. It's almost like active listening. Active mm -hmm. listening isn't passive. Active listening, you have to be very present in right. order to listen to what people are saying and then ask questions based upon what you heard. Right. But it's not just to listen, but it's listen to understand. And when you listen to understand then you form a connection. And when mm. you form a connection with someone, it usually brings you energy. So the navigator mm. is very energetic and mm. it gives you a lot of um, power in, in a sense of empowerment where you feel, oh wow, I'm really connecting with someone. When you're fixing someone, you're kind of talking at someone and it's usually not a flow. There's usually no deep connections. Right. And usually the person, I don't know if you've ever seen when you have a spouse and a spouse comes, he says, I have a problem. And all of a sudden, the, net, the spouse is like, you need to do this. You need to do this. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever noticed, but the spouse <laughs> steps back a little bit, yeah, right? And starts yeah, folding yeah, her yeah. or his hands and yeah. thinking, what are they doing? I just wanted them to listen. listen so right. it's disempowering and it has less energy opposed to when you become the navigator, mm -hmm. it, there's an energy flow. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a kind of centering that you really have to listen, mm -hmm. pay attention, but to understand. Right, right, right. So, so what kind of gave you the idea of sort of applying this idea of archetypes to like business and leadership? Because it's, you, you don't normally think of those two different things coming together that much. Uh, well, an interesting aspect about me, I'm a Jungian, so ah. I learned about archetypes from Jung, but I'm also a student of Joseph Campbell, ah, yes. who taught me about myths and behaviors and about what's universally true for all of us mm -hmm. that we might think we're very different but mm -hmm. at the core of who we are 
we have so many similarities. And when I started to coach the individuals that I was coaching around the world, I kept hearing patterns of behavior and patterns of thoughts that were happening continuously. And it didn't matter what gender they were. It didn't Mm -hmm. matter what country they were in. It didn't matter anything that was different about them. What mattered was that I kept seeing the same, what I would call behaviors and personas show up. But what people do talk about archetypes when they talk about leadership, but they don't talk about the polarity that exists within people Uh, that most of us will talk about our strengths, what we're really good at. Right. Right. We don't spend that much time talking about our weaknesses. And it was Joseph Campbell that taught me that in the abyss, in the times that we are most, troubled our biggest weaknesses that's where the treasure lies and that i thought was pretty profound if i could bring that message to the Mm. leaders that were struggling because most of them were doing significant work in the world but they struggled with one of my archetypes that was the rebel who was confident but they Uh. felt like the leadership gap with the imposter who had self-doubt and Uh. if they were struggling with having self-doubt and feeling like an imposter And if they were ashamed of feeling like an imposter, they wouldn't talk about it. What is if I told them that the imposter was something that was part of them and held a treasure? What a game changer that would be. And so I developed the system from the feedback that I was getting within my clients. This is not something that I made up. This is something that people around the world who I worked with were telling me that existed within them. Right, but I imagine like the type of clientele that you worked with you know leaders in 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 high profile and 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 high uh, um, pressured uh, situations they don't like to admit that like there's that imposter there or that feeling of not being good enough or faking it so it, it must take a lot of uh, um uh, not just confidence but a lot of trust for them to be able to admit that Absolutely. Nobody in the beginning session says, Lolly, you know, I'm an imposter. It comes Mm. after a while that they usually whisper. They usually say, Lolly, I have something to tell you. I wish I would have told you a long time ago. Uh. I suffer from the imposter syndrome. Read the second chapter in the book, how a very well-known executive who we all know who's mentioned in the newspapers all the time, Mm. he whispered to me how he had the imposter syndrome and he was ashamed. Only when I told him that 99.1% of successful individuals suffer from it, Mm -hmm. he was really I never knew that. Felt a little relieved that he <laughs> yeah. wasn't the only one. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, I remembered it was something that also came to me in some of the shamanic work that I do at one of our ceremonies. That kind of uh, the, the feeling that like the very thing that I always felt that I needed to fix about myself in my life that I had to change, like that was my greatest gift because that was how I can relate to other people. And, and seeing how like that feeling of not being good enough and always, you know, wanting to change yourself because of that, that like we all have that or like you say, 99 percent of us have that. So then like that's how we can work with people and help people that once we sort of accept it about ourselves, then it becomes much easier to then accept it in others and help others deal with that themselves. But before we even go to others, what I have found amongst, and now I do coach at a very high level, Mm -hmm. but I also volunteer in shelters and domestic places. So this is not something that just has to do with executives. Sure, sure. This is is about life. This is a code of life. But something that is very important to mention is that if you're ashamed, if you're being, if you think you have to mask things about yourself, Mm -hmm. what I have found is what you don't own, owns you. That even though you right. think you're hiding mm-hmm. it's being revealed right. in so many different ways <laughs> that you have no clue right and usually right. very obvious to other people and then you're surprised that they picked up on it right? absolutely absolutely <laughs> yeah yeah so so i'm curious with all the the years that you've done it what, what kind of was the spark of inspiration that you finally said i should write a book well i've always wanted to write a book i oh, just okay. didn't know what book i would write ah. and And interestingly enough, this is an interesting story and a great life lesson. I hired an agent. Mm -hmm. I wrote a book proposal Mm -hmm. and we were shopping around a book to most of the major publishers. And each one of them said, yes, we like it. We love it. And then one publisher said to me, I don't like this proposal at all. 
Mm. And they said, what have you been doing for the past three decades that keeps, that has you a sustainable, have a sustainable business? Mm. And I said, oh, I do this rethink business, uh, rethink system based on archetypes and mm. gaps and shadow work from Jung. And they said, that's a great book. Ah. And oh, so your original proposal wasn't anything like this? Wasn't anything oh, like it. Wow. It was only when someone said, have you ever thought about doing what you've been doing your whole life's work? That I said, oh, wow, I could do that. I could write about that. And the first draft was like a master class. It was so complex. And then uh, I thought, how do I take something that's so important mm-hmm. and break it down in a way that becomes accessible and for people to apply to their lives at every given moment? Not, uh, not something that they have to work very hard, right, but in the right. moment of reading it, they can say, that's me. Mm. I get it. Mm. I can change. I can transform. And so it took some work, but here we are today. This weekend is the weekend that the book comes out. I'm giving birth. uh, (laughs) How how many years have you been working on it? How long has it been? I say it's been 30 years in progress, but it took me two years to write it. Two years to write it. I just got a comment from my friend Jane on uh, Facebook. She said, great conversation. Write your book about your life's work. She likes that idea. Very cool. Very cool. Um, So as you started like putting this all together, as you said, it's very deep work. Was there anything in the process of writing all this that the stuff that you've known for so long, but that really surprised you about when you actually started to put it down on paper? It, nothing really surprised me, but what I found difficult was because I really am about being of service to others. Mm -hmm. I wanted to write everything everything Uh, and i and this is a very another big lesson that we can learn we don't have to give everything everything all at once once, because we tend to overwhelm people we have to think about what's most important and what can people apply immediately so in the first draft of the book there's 10 books Uh right i could have spent (laughs) a whole book on just the rebel and the imposter but i gave enough that people will feel like this is me I understand it. I can apply it. And as you said in the beginning, you want to be the change, right? You have to start within. You want to see the change. It has to start from within. This book gives you enough tools and enough thoughts and enough to apply to your life that you can start being the change you want to see in the world. Yeah. Yeah. That really is a very, very important lesson because I know so many people who like fire hose people with just a ton of information and you feel overwhelmed. And then you kind of go back home or you, you go back and, and you uh, try to, to integrate this stuff and you like you don't even know where to begin because it's so much and that sometimes like less really is more and it's when you can sort of uh, supply good information in a, in a structured way that makes it easy to digest the information like that's when it, the information really has the most value. Right. That sometimes like just totally overwhelming somebody with something that there actually is not that much value in it. Right. You know, the thing was, is this smart enough? You know, these little ideas come into Uh, your mind. Is this smart enough? Is this good enough? Again, the imposter syndrome. Right. Uh, But the thing is, it's good enough. It doesn't yeah. have to be perfect, but right. it does have to be excellent, and the yeah. book is excellent. Right. Cool, cool. Oh, I look forward to reading it when it comes out. Okay, great. Uh, time for us to take our next break. Um, when we come back, let's talk a little bit about you know what really are the real challenges that leaders are facing today, you know, as compared to the past, and and how you know this idea of archetypes can really help them to be more effective in their roles. So, everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We're talking with executive leadership coach Lolly Daskal, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. If you have an interest in marijuana, you want to know about marijuana, law, policy, and culture, then feel free to join me, Joseph A. Bondi, every Friday at 11 o'clock in the morning on my show, In the Know 420 on TalkingAlternative.com. Legalize the earth to continue to resist the passage of this necessary 
Hi, this is Rob Kay. And I'm Callie Alpert. And we're hosts of The Rob and Callie Show. Are you looking for a show that talks about real stuff like life, love, the pursuit of being yourself? Then you have come to the right place because we cover topics ranging from chivalry to gratitude to your relationship with money and everything in between. So listen to us on The Rob and Callie Show Tuesdays, 8 to 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on talkradio.myc. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. Um, so, Lally, let, let's talk a little bit since, you know, your specialty is with leadership and executive coaches. What are the, in, in what you've seen with the clients you work with, what are the big challenges that really are facing leaders today? So, interestingly enough, I think you're going to expect a different answer, but I'm going to give you what I see. No, that's what I want, your perspective. So most leaders are very interested in learning how to skills, mm-hmm. processes, practices, best right. practices. Right. Every time I walk in, they say, well, we hired you because, you know, we heard what you did for that company right. and you want, and we want you to give us your processes and your best practices. Uh, they don't know what they're in for because they're not that kind of gal. <laughs> <laughs> so when they say that to you and you come in, what do you give them? I say, I'm going to give you something that's going to change who you are. Mm-hmm. is going to change your culture mm-hmm. and is going to change your company. And in return, you will get what the other person got. You uh, will get the reaching the targets and you will get success and you will have more revenue. Mm-hmm. But that's not what I'm about. And most of them are disappointed. Yeah, I can imagine like the look on their face like, huh? huh what did I get myself into? <laughs> and then I have to always say, give me six months. If you don't like it, then I don't have to be here in six months. Uh, Most of my clients I've been with for 10 years and 15 years and three decades. So I guess there are good returns on what we do. And what I do is different is that most people now, I read a book a day Mm -hmm. and I know that most of the books that are out there will give you the how, the what, the when. And Simon Sinek gave us even the why. Oh yeah, yeah. But I found that we need to take it back to the core work. We need Mm -hmm. to go back to what it said to Aristotle and Buddha. We need to go back to philosophy. Mm. And what did they concentrate on? They concentrated on the who. Mm. It was who you were. That was That's very important because it's about your thoughts. It's about your beliefs. It's about your virtues. My company's called Lead From Within for a mm. reason. is because it starts with you. Yeah, I always like to remind people that we're human beings, not human doings. Right. And most of the books and most of the literature, most of school, every business school is about the doing. Right. And I'm about the being. Right. So um, that's very complicated. And people say, that's a lot of work. I don't know if I want to do that. Mm. And the thing is, I say the awareness, first you have to have that awareness. When you have the awareness, then we can work on who. Once you work on who, we'll work on your virtues. And when Mm. we work on your virtues, because my seven archetypes might be based on personas, but they're really based on virtues. And if you have those seven virtues, think about it this way. If your virtue is candor, and mm-hmm. you're always speaking the truth, you don't come across as a deceiver. Right. If your virtue is loyalty and serving others, you mm-hmm. don't come across as self-serving. Mm-hmm. And if your virtue is integrity, then you don't come across as a destroyer who corrupts things or mm-hmm. comes across as cutting corners. So if I can teach a client of mine, a leader of mine, to come from virtues, high standards, right. then can you imagine how they change, yeah. how their culture changes, sure. and how now they're doing better business, they're making better business, business deals and the engagement in their business changes their clients change because they don't tolerate people that are cutting corners they right. don't tolerate things that they don't stand for so that's why business changes 
when the leader changes from within. Right, right, right. Do, do you find it, though, kind of common when you first get into an organization that the, the, the people you're working with are like, well, I just got to get the people in my department or I just got to get my managers to like get right and then everything will be fine? So there's a story that was cut out from the book that I was uh-huh. hired um, by the board of directors who said, you must work with this leader and we give you six months to create him into a leader. And uh-huh. when I first showed up, I said, you don't really want to talk to me, do you? And he goes, no, why do I have to talk to you? Why are you talking to me? Go talk to my team. Uh-huh. They're not trustworthy. They're not good at what they do. They don't have the skills. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying to him, you're right. You don't need me as a coach. And frankly, I don't want to work with you. And he said, what do you mean? <laughs> I said, well, I'm not, you don't really want my kind of work. You wouldn't like what I, what I will bring you. Uh, and I left, but I got called 20 minutes later. And he said, I'm curious, what would you make me do? <laughs> you know? Very smart, very smart. Yeah. Very good, very good. Using that psychology training, I see. <laughs> um uh, so what are the seven archetypes, just real quick, just so that my audience has them? So it spells out rethink, which oh, is an okay. acronym for the seven archetypes. R is for the rebel, mm-hmm. who's confident. E is for the explorer who uses in his or her intuition. Mm-hmm. T is for the truth teller who speaks with candor. Mm-hmm. H is for the hero that everything they do is with courage. Mm-hmm. I is for the inventor mm-hmm. with integrity. Mm-hmm. N is for the navigator who's about being trusted. Mm-hmm. And N it's and K is not for the gender as much as for the characteristic and the virtue. And that's the knight who's loyal. Right. Okay. Yeah, so knight or or prince or princess, so we could say. Right. Um, So so that brings up an interesting point. Do you find that there's a big difference between women leaders and men leaders in the given environment these days? Interestingly enough, my practice is 98% I coach men. Ah. I have found at the level that I coach, the women aren't women anymore. Uh, (laughs) And my message is lead from within. Have your female power. Own your female power. And at a very high level, I have found that women are very masculine and it's a message that I don't subscribe to. And I am in control of who I want to coach or who I don't want to coach, even though someone says this woman needs you as a coach. But if I find that they're trying to be something that they're not, Mm -hmm. we won't synergize and we won't really work well together. But if I have someone who says, I don't realize that I'm asking that I'm acting masculine, mm-hmm. but I really want to bring out my feminine power, right. then I can work with them. But if I am someone hires me and someone insists on being masculine when they're really feminine, mm-hmm. I have a very hard time with them because what you don't own right. owns, owns you. you. Do, do you find that some women don't e- who are in this position don't even realize how masculine they're being? I think they've made a ma- I think they've made an intentional choice okay. to think that in order to survive they have to be a certain way. Yeah. I usually sit at a boardroom meetings with I am the only woman, but uh, I make a very intentional conscious effort to remain feminine. Uh, wonderful. Wonderful. No, it's really important because it's the more we're comfortable owning who we are then it's sort of we also give permission to everyone else in the room to own who they are being. Absolutely. Um I'm just also wondering sort of generationally because there's a lot of talk now about millennials and intergenerational management. Do you find that uh, depending on sort of the makeup of an organization that you may have to uh, adjust how you work with people if you're dealing with like a younger executive who's in a CEO position? What a great question. And it's a very important question. And the answer is no. Why? Because it's based on virtues. Mm. It's not based on age or gender. And we have to have these seven virtues in order to lead from our greatness. Otherwise, we're leading from our gaps. I've spoken uh, to universities, to 18-year-olds and 20-year-olds. They lap this up because they didn't learn that in school. They didn't get them with their MBA that they need to lead from virtues. They got all the hows. But they didn't get the who. Right, right, right. And it's so important. So it's great that like they're actually open to it. Um, You know, we talked a little bit before sort of about the shadow, right? About that part that we don't want to own. Why are people so resistant to kind of opening up to that side of themselves? Have you found in, in your years of working with people? 
people take their weaknesses, their shadows, their failures as something they should be ashamed of. Mm. We didn't, we weren't born that way. It's not something that we, we come out of the womb and say, oh, wow, I failed at not maybe learning how to nurse. I'm a failure, mm. right? That's not what happens. We are little babies and we're fine right. and we're open. Right. But then it starts, maybe we go to first grade and we're not the best reader. And a teacher says, what are you, stupid? Or something, yeah, you know, they yeah, say yeah. something. Or the other kids or, tease us. Or, yeah. Exactly. Or a kid teaches, uh, teases you. Or you have a coach, a sports coach that says, oh, you don't belong on the team. Things start yeah. to Or happen. your parents even say, oh, well, you're not as smart as your brother or sister. Or, oh, oh, look at your brother. How he, you know, got an A plus on his math class or something. Okay. It's all of those and more. Yeah. It's yeah. these little messages that we get that mm-hmm. we internalize and we feel shame and we right. feel very vulnerable that we start to keep secrets, you know, these secrets that we hide from others. Mm. And when we keep secrets, those secrets, again, they tend to be like baggage. There's a story in the book in the first chapter about mm-hmm. a CEO that prided himself on one of his virtues of being a truth teller. Mm. And I reveal something that happened in his life that he was carrying around when he was 18, he's, he, when I started to coach him, he was 56. Mm-hmm. For all those years, he carried around baggage that happened to him when he was 18. And everybody in this company knew that something was off about him. The only uh, thing is he didn't know. Uh, okay. And once we revealed it to everybody, what he was carrying and why he was carrying it, all of a sudden people said, wow, now we can mm-hmm. relate to you. Now we understand you. But in, while he was hiding something, they didn't want to work with him. Right. They avoided him. Right. They wanted to leave the company. Um, mm. I got hired from the board of directors saying, we're losing our top talent. Get that man to be a co, you know, to be a CEO and, uh, you know, find out what's wrong with him. There was nothing wrong with him. He was holding on to a secret so tight and he thought no one uh, saw it. Wow. Wow. That's that's a huge, huge lesson, right? That the things we, we think we're hiding so well, it, it really, it comes out in so many ways and we, we're not even aware of it. If you take the analogy of a balloon, right? Mm-hmm. If this is your whole life in a balloon and it's filled mm-hmm. up with every experience or every memory, mm-hmm. anything anybody has ever said to you. And on the left side is all the horrible things and the weaknesses and things you're ashamed of. And the right side is all the positive things. If you squeeze, very hard because you want to hide the left Mm -hmm. side what happens it It just ripples out so that's what our life is like we can't hide we can't squeeze it out Mm -hmm. we can't mask it we can't fake it till we make it it tends to show up anyway right 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 wonderful wonderful thank you so much for that um you know, I've hear a, a lot of work, a lot of talk in sort of the more uh, um, personal development side about embracing your shadow and, and doing shadow work and integrating the shadow. And you don't really hear it so much in sort of more the executive coaching kind of work. Um, how do you kind of language things so that people are really open to it? Because while you and I both may appreciate Young tremendously, most people don't. Absolutely. So I have to be very careful of how I table things and use it in a container. Mm. I can't tell someone they're leading from their shadows when I first meet them. The first thing that has to happen is trust. As we know in any relationship, it has to be about someone trusting you but also having the awareness that something is off. Right. Because I get hired not by usually the CEO themselves. Uh. I get asked to come in. So I have to be able to cultivate a relationship where the person that I'm working with says, you know, something is off, but I'm not sure what it is, and can you help me? Uh, when they ask for help, right? This is That's the difference between a navigator right, and a fixer. Right. It's one thing to say, this is what you need to do. There's another thing when you're asked, right. I need your help. What, what do you see that isn't working? Then we start the real work. And I might not call it shadows, I ask the client themselves to name it what it is, and we use Uh, that so they can be comfortable with. I'm not here to label. I'm not here to put upon them what I think it is, because that's not about me. It's about them. So it's really like you're being brought in by the board or by somebody else because they observe an issue or a problem with the organization that they see needs to get fixed because of whatever reason, losing their best people or losing their clients or what have you. So when 
you're actually working with the person, they probably almost see you as a bit of a threat in some way. It's like, you know, who are you? You got to come in and fix me or whatever. So you have to really build that rapport and really get them to see that you're on their side in order for them to really open up and be able to say, yeah, like I have these things I got to work on. Beautiful. Okay. Um, time for us, believe it or not, take our last break. See how fast the hour flies by? Um, so when we come back, uh, we're just going to um, uh, wrap things up, give some, some final thoughts, and we'll let you know how to get the book and where you can see Halali in the future. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, and we'll be right back. You're listening to The Talking Alternative Network. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on TalkingAlternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to SecretsOfTheSire.com. Hello, this is Mark Torres. And Pronto Comics' own Dominic Sperano. And listen to our show, It Came From The Radio, right here on talkradio.nyc. Every Wednesday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We talk about entertainment, movies, comic books, and other news. So make sure you check us out. That's right here, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Every Wednesday, talkradio.nyc. TalkingAlternative.com Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. Um, before I get back to Lolly, I just uh, quickly want to mention to everybody that uh, tonight, uh, uh, May 25th, is the, the this month's meeting of the Conscious Business Collective, 7 p.m. tonight. Uh, there are still some seats available if anyone would like to come. You can still RSVP at our meetup group, meetup.com slash conscious dash B-I-Z biz dash collective. Um, just go there and RSVP. Um, we're doing, going to do some great deep work tonight, quite in alignment with some of the stuff we're talking about today, only a little bit more in the mother and father archetype. But, ah. So, Lolly, um, you've mentioned a couple of times this idea of the leadership gap, uh, you know, how... Um, uh, you know, sometimes there's a bit of a gap between sort of where we're leading from and, and who we really are. I was wondering if you could maybe just explain that a little bit more for our audience. Absolutely. So the book is about, which brings it, which is called The Leadership Gap, What Gets Between You and Your Greatness. For every single archetype that I mentioned earlier, the rebel, the explorer, the truth teller, each one of those archetypes has a polarity of character. And we have to know what they are in order not to lead from there. So right. if we're stressed, if we're struggling, if we're challenged, right. if we're overworked, and if we're just not at our best, mm. we tend to lead from a leadership gap and not even know it. Could, could you maybe give us an example, like just paint a little bit of a picture of like one that's from the gap and one that's more who we are? Right. So the first one that I talked about was the rebel who was confident, right. and then the leadership gap was the imposter who has self-doubt. But the second one, the explorer, is a very interesting archetype. Mm -hmm. The explorer is someone who wants to do something great in the world. They want to be creative and innovative. Mm -hmm. But what they do is, is they are fueled by their intuition. And right. people think intuition is about your gut feeling. People always mm -hmm. talk about that. That's your sixth sense. Mm -hmm. But in my studies and my research, I learned that intuition was really based on this. And I find this extremely interesting. And it explains it on a whole new level. Mm -hmm. If you've had experiences in your life 
mm-hmm. all of a sudden it ha- becomes like a microchip in your mind. Mm-hmm. If you've read something, it becomes a microchip in your mind. If you've mm-hmm. had a conversation with someone, it becomes an experience and it's a microchip in your mind. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is, is that you ask a question to the universe. You go, mm-hmm. what should I do about this new product? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden your brain starts to tabulate all your experiences, mm-hmm. all your memories, all your thoughts. And all of a sudden something says, do this. Mm. Intuition is the tabulation of Mm. all the microchips that you have in your mind of everything that you've ever experienced. Uh. So it's not only your sixth sense. It doesn't come from something that is unexplained. Science explains that it comes from everything that you've ever learned. So read a book a day, have as many experiences (laughs) as you can, because then you have more knowledge. But there is a gap, and this is a really big leadership gap. Intuition is about letting go and going with the flow. But if you're a control freak (laughs) and if you need to have things your way and your way of thinking, the leadership gap of the explorer becomes the exploiter. Ah. And where before they use their intuition, now you use manipulation. And when you manipulate, you want it your way or the highway. And this is a big leadership gap that most of us don't understand. So if you think you need to control things, know that you're not leading from your best. The best is going with the flow where everything that is good and everything that brings you to the right answer is where it is. So allow your intuition to take over instead of your manipulation. Yeah, it it kind of reminds me of um, Malcolm Gladwell's book, Blink, right? That they've done all these studies that uh, in a blink of an eye, you can make a decision or a choice if you trust yourself based on things you're not even aware of that your brain is like measuring someone's body language, their vocal intonation and your history of pattern matching with other people the same way and how you can come up with an answer that if you had to think about and really analyze everything would take you thousands and thousands of hours. But if you trust that part of your brain that does these calculations automatically and go with it in a blink of an eye you can come up with a better decision actually than analyzing all the facts absolutely that's why i teach workshops on intuitive leadership because what does it mean to go with the flow what does Mm. it mean to trust your mind what it is to trust your heart two different languages and we have to know the difference yes yes so you've talked a lot over this hour about like working with individuals do you do any sort of group work Absolutely. So I do workshops. I speak on this subject and I'm actually creating a mastermind starting in right after the book launch where we'll be coming together and talking about the leadership gaps, what it is to stand in your greatness Mm. and how we can make a difference in the world. Because I think now more than ever. Yeah. We need the right kind of leaders. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So so what is your, your hope or your intention for this book? You know, that once it launches, you know, this weekend, everybody go out, buy the book, buy the book, Memorial Day weekend, it's available. Um, it's out there and it's in people's hands. What is the impact you're hoping that the book has? What a great question. And I ask myself a lot because before you write a book, why do you write a book? Right. So many people have personal reasons why they write a book. Mm-hmm. But I, the, my reason for writing this book, and it was why I wanted to write books 30 years ago, right. was my mission in life is to serve others, to impact others, and to make a difference in people's lives. I know this book is excellent, like I mm-hmm. said earlier, because I have put my heart and soul into it, and right. I've put my life's work into it. Right. And if someone reads this book, mm-hmm. and they know from reading this book that greatness lies within them, that it's Mm -hmm. their destiny, Mm -hmm. then I have made an impact in their lives. That is what I want. So Mm -hmm. the whole thing about the book is to be of service to others and to let others know that greatness lies within them. Mm, Wonderful. Wonderful. So where can people go to find the book? Amazon, Amazon. um, order it and don't order just one book, but order it for those that you love because the message that will be the takeaway of it you're going to tell them that you care enough to say that greatness is within you. Wonderful, wonderful. And uh, finally, if people want to learn more about you, your services, where do people go to find out more about Lolly Daskal? At lollydaskal.com. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> and do you have any like events coming up with the the... 
the book launch and stuff are the places people can go to find you and see you? So I've done 225 podcasts in the Ooh. past couple of months. And now my clients really want me to come in and speak about the books. I'll be traveling a lot. Okay. But one thing is very important for people to know is that I am available. I am on social media. You can talk to me. You can DM me. You can go to my website and write to me. I want to hear from people. I want to know what's going on in their lives. My, As I said, my mission is to connect and to serve. Right. And so find me, talk to me, tweet me, and Facebook me live if you have anything yeah. you want to say. And that's you know that's what i'm here for yeah we're getting lots of hearts and thumbs up from dennis and uh mark and all kinds of people listening i really appreciate you guys on the facebook live stream last last question for you with all the craziness and politics and around the world today how do you feel leaders need to make a more um progressive impact on the world like what do we need to do to help to 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 heal some of this craziness going on so that we can sort of come together and and be uh, a, a more i don't even know how to phrase it just to sort of a, a more interdependent society and and not one that's like pulling apart at the seams and it, it goes back to what my book's about if we take it back to morality, if we take it back to our virtues, mm -hmm. if we come from, I will treat you the way I want to be treated, we would be living in a whole different world. Right. But that's not what this is about. What we have now is ego. What I have right. created, I created this acronym over 20 years ago, which means edging greatness out. Uh, and when you edge greatness out is because you're only self-serving. It's only about... Well, they created something and I have to bash it or they said something and I have to discredit it. No. That's not living from your virtue. So if we can go back to our values, if we know what we stand for and if we treat others the way we want to be treated, we'd have a whole different world. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you so much, Lolly. It's been a pleasure having you on the show today. Thank you so much for coming in. What an honor. Thank you. Oh, you're quite welcome. And whenever you write your second book, you, we have to have you back here, okay? <laughs> yes. All right. Wonderful, wonderful. And of course, just a big thank you to all of our listeners and watchers on the Facebook live stream. I love you guys. I'm so grateful for you. Um, you know, if you have any questions for Lolly or, or for myself, please feel free to get in touch with us. You guys know how to get a hold of me. I'm Sam at theconsciousconsultant.com. Um, and uh, of course, you know, uh, go on uh, the talkradio.nyc website for past interviews and for future shows coming up. Sign up for the newsletter so you can know what, what's coming up in the weeks ahead. Um, and just a reminder that uh, tonight, May 25th, 7 p.m., the Conscious Business Collective. Come out. Um, I may be taking a break for the summer. So, you know, if you really want to come and check it out tonight, would be a really good time to do it. Because um, I think after this, I may take a break for the summer and then re reconvene in the fall. So thank you all for listening. Remember, we've got more great shows tomorrow, Friday, starting at 11 a.m. with Joseph Bondi and In the Know 420, followed by Joan and Priya on Follow Me Friday and Tony Martinetti, nonprofit radio. Thank you all for listening. Everybody have a wonderful, amazing, tremendous week, and we will talk to you next week. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Who do you want to connect with? Are you an entrepreneur or intrapreneur looking to build your following? Welcome to our show. Follow Me Friday with Joan and Priya. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern on talkradio.nyc. We're, We're your digital, digital connectors. connectors. Woo! Woo! <laughs> <laughs>
Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on TalkingAlternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to SecretsOfTheSire.com. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Hi, this is Rob Kay. And I'm Callie Alpert. And we're hosts of The Rob and Callie Show. Are you looking for a show that talks about real stuff like life, love, the pursuit of being yourself? then you have come to the right place because we cover topics ranging from chivalry to gratitude to your relationship with money and everything in between. So listen to us on The Rob and Callie Show, Tuesdays, 8 to 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on talkradio.myc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network, 